Blog Talk Radio. Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. My name is Ryan Betsworth. I'm the Director of Public Relations for On Fire Agape Ministries Incorporated. And with me once again is Reverend Dr. Samuel Dungu. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. Hello. How are you, listeners? Welcome back. It's a long time since we have been together. And I'm very happy to welcome you back as we worship the Lord together. Yes, amen to that. As Dr. Sam said, it's been a little while since we did a program, so we just wanted to get back on the air and touch base. Because as a matter of fact, we've actually had an offer to possibly go on a Christian radio network. So we're looking for a sponsor for our program, just in case any of you fine listeners out there might like to donate to the ministry, help us spread the word farther and farther afield. Of course, you can always visit us on the World Wide Web at our website is located at www.onfireagapeministries.org. Also, you can write to us at onfireagape at minister.com and in case you haven't found out yet we're also on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) On Fire Agape is on Twitter and you can follow us there just go to twitter.com forward slash On Fire Agape and some other big news we just recently started a YouTube channel So you can now find On Fire Agape Ministries on YouTube. That would be youtube.com forward slash On Fire Agape. And we're going to be posting some videos. Actually, we have posted some videos there already. We'll talk about some of those in a moment. If you would like to write to us, uh, send us a check, or just say hi, you can also get in touch with us by snail mail at On Fire Agape Ministries, P.O. Box 411 in Myerstown, Pennsylvania, zip code 17067. And for all of our uh, wonderful listeners worldwide, uh, you want to put USA on that well. Amen. Yes, because uh, Dr. Sam's getting very popular all around the globe. I mean, of course, he's very well known in, in Kenya, uh, where he comes from. But I, I, you, you've got fans now in, in Singapore and Malaysia and India, who knows where, right? Oh, very kind. We're doing this mm-hmm. for the Lord. If they can hear the gospel and we get to live together in eternity, that's our goal. There you go. There you go. One more brief announcement. Um, also, um, Recently, last year, our ministry did uh, acquire tax-exempt status with the the IRS, so we 
are now a charitable organization with a 501c3 tax-exempt status. And just to uh, set your minds at ease, we did file our taxes for this year, just today, in fact. So we're we're all set there. I'm feeling very good about that. As long as behind my mind, you know, we don't want to lose this. It's just too exciting. But God, whenever he gives you something, he doesn't take it back. So glory to him. Amen. Glory to God Amen. in the highest. You may have heard that uh, we recently had another mission trip to Kenya uh, back in January of this year, 2011. Dr. Sam traveled back to his home country of Kenya and met with the on-fire Agape staff members there and um, had some very good experiences, um, some of which you can see uh, in video on our YouTube channel. Again, youtube.com forward slash onfireagape. And there's in two parts there, uh, brief video report, so to speak, of some of the things that happened when uh, Dr. Sam and Brother Anthony and Brother David um, did and, and saw when they went to Kayaba School. Mm -hmm. The highlight of the trip is that we were able to feed 500 kids for two days. It's not a feeding program that we had started, but we wanted to show that we were thinking about them and we are trying to make some friendship with them so that they can have some hope. Our main aim is to inspire them and to have some hope and to know that they are not alone. That's right. That's right. And um, I was really struck by a, a lot of the video that I saw. I haven't yet uh, been on one of the trips myself, but hoping to do that in the, in the very near future. But um, I've seen pictures and, and some video of, of the school in the area there in the past, and it's, it's just very heartbreaking to see the conditions that the, the children have to go to school in and, and, and live in. Um, they are, this is the school, Kayaba Primary School, that we've spoken about before that we have decided to adopt uh, through this ministry. Um, the first project we're really focusing on is trying to help dig a well there so that the kids can have water when they go to school. Uh, the well that they have, well, they don't even have a well, but the cistern, I guess, that they have is very old, very dirty, usually dry. When they do have water there that's been collected off a rusty roof, it's so dirty. And you can see some of that in, in the video footage that, that we have. Um, the video, though, in some ways looks really good. Uh, the kids and, and the parents and the faculty were very excited to see you guys come there, and, and they sort of put on a show and, and put their best foot forward. So you, you see a lot of that, uh, but you can also see lying behind all that the real need and the poor conditions uh, that, that have touched our hearts and that we're trying to help them improve. It's the resilience of human spirit. Because if you get to know the history of those kids and their parents, you would also want to get involved. These people have not always been like that, but they were made. Somehow something happened and put themselves in that predicament. They they were made to be beggars, but they were not always not 
always beg us. Yeah, and I've wondered about that because, you know, Kenya is a very well-known country around the world. They've they've got a lot of resources there. Um, they have been connected with the United Kingdom, Great Britain in the past, and they have a a good tourism industry there. It's a lot of things to see there in Kenya. So it, it really sort of puzzled me as to why there are places and like this in such bad condition with, with so many people suffering so much. How, how did all of that come about? Not only that, these people were exporters of food crops in the, very, in the countries around and sometimes abroad. You cannot believe this. These people were wealthy. Mm-hmm. These are people we call the IDP, internally displaced people. And these are the children of IDP who are living in this condition. At one time, these people w- lived in a forest reservation where a certain area, a certain mountain needed to be uh, forested. And these are the people that came in and planted the forest and covered that area. And the way they did this, they first of all prepared the land that was uh, wasteland, and they prepared it so well and made it productive. They planted their crops there, they loosened the soil, and when the soil was loosened and ideal for trees to be, harvest, to be planted, uh, they were employed as forest workers and they planted trees there. That was not enough. They continued to take care of those trees. At the same time, they were growing crops that they sowed in the surrounding towns, and, and uh, they, the, the food was also eat, their food was also eaten in uh, boarding schools. So these people were very proud producers of food. At the same time, major livers that fed the country, they came from that area because they created a catchment area. River Jolo, one of the, the, the rivers that feed Lake Nakuru, where there are flamingos, where tourists come from all over the world and see these birds, actually came from that area. So these people were very productive, they were very wealthy, and they loved what they did because they knew that they were, uh, they were, they were holding the economy. They were actually contributing to the economy of the country. Right, and, and as I said, the, the country has some great natural resources, like you said, those rivers, the lakes, and especially the wildlife yes. that, that uh, is in abundance there in, in Kenya. But, but that's all been changing. That has changed. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a problem of wood. The timbers to build houses are no longer there. But when during, at, that time, at that time when these people were working in the forest conservation, there was no problem with the wood. The people, it was very cheap. Food was very cheap in the country, and people were happy. But something really happened. Something changed that. Within a short time, they were given a notice of only three days and they were told they needed to leave the forest area. Only three days. Otherwise, something worse was going to happen. And they knew that the, uh, who, the people who had said that meant business. So they left, and immediately they became homeless. And then they realized afterwards that their houses had been burned to the ground. These people had nowhere to, to go. They didn't know what to do. But by the grace of God, 
there was a farm nearby called Mukugugu Farm, which had um, an area, a swamp, a, a swamp land that flooded sometimes during the rainy seasons, but most of the time it was dry. And when the leadership of Bukugogo had what had happened to those people, they, the people they respected so much, they divided that area into small plots and sold these plots to these people uh, at a reasonable price, the price they would be able to buy, and that's where they built their IDP camp, and that's where they have been living ever since. Now, you said IDP camp. So, so again, these people were, were farmers and foresters doing very well, taking care of the land, the environment, uh, selling crops, and, and suddenly some invaders. Yeah, there was leadership in that country that supported uh, certain group of certain people. There is a problem in Kenya. There is a problem of tribalism. So these people uh, who are farmers were from the wrong tribe, and they were told that they were being evicted from the forest area where they had been taking trees, mm -hmm. ironically because they were destroying trees. So they were told to leave. Nobody wanted to see them. The, 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 the leadership did not care where they went as long as they left that area. Their employment, the men's employment was terminated, and their wives were asked to leave, so they left. Okay, they were kicked off their land. Their homes were burned. Uh, these new people came in and took over their land that they had been, um, started basically destroying the land. Yes, actually, they never took it. They started actually burning trees. Instead of even selling them, they were burning the trees down to create uh, uh, farmland. They also destroyed the catchment area where the rivers came from. Uh, uh, mm. The river Jolo has almost dried out. It has become seasonal. It used to be a, a permanent river. So they destroyed uh, the forest land. There could have been something like war, but mm -hmm. the, these people, the people who were asked to leave, uh, when they said of near those people, they realized that if there was war, they could be, uh, uh, they could be destroyed. So mm -hmm. instead, they swallowed the bitterness and befriended the newcomer. They actually acknowledged them as the new owners of the land. And uh, I, I told them they could help them to sell the trees instead of instead of burning them. And the people <laughs> they saw they could make some money and they, from what they had not planted. And they said, okay, uh, they so and they saw it was true. They were shown how they could sell those trees, where to sell them, and they made some money. On top of that, the people came, the people who had evicted, who now settled in a uh, a very a camp they called Donetsk by combining the original villages, the villages where they were evicted from were Dosua and Nicewit. So they used the first name of Dosua, Dom, and then the first name of Nicewit, Ness, and combined together and called their IDP camp Donetsk. What does IDP stand for? In internally displaced people. They were internally displaced by other people, and they had nowhere to go. <clears throat> now, the people of Donetsk, although uh, this farm had uh, given them somewhere to settle down, they didn't have the land. So they approached the new people. They said, okay, you are the new owners. Can we make a deal? Can we rent your farm 
so that we can get somewhere to farm, we are going to give you money to do that. So they're renting back the land they used to have yes. from the people who came in and stole it. Yeah, yes, they did have it otherwise. <laughs> These people must have been very happy. The newcomer, okay, give us money. So and they, they made a deal, but the people of Donetsk swallowed the plight because they knew they are not supported by the leadership and, and they could be destroyed and they need to survive. So they made a deal and these people saw, oh, we are gaining from these people. So uh, so they rented them the, the land where they could, uh, they, they could farm, and they farmed, and the people of Donetsk were happy. At least they had something to give to their children. Sure. children. But lo and behold, came harvest time. The newcomers started stealing their crops. So they could not maintain the, their end of the, the deal. So, so they are sharing the crops. They have been given money. And when the crops have grown, they steal them, so they share with the people of the nest. Okay, so, so the, the children at Kayaba Primary School are, are really the children of these IDP people yes. who have suffered so much, and that's why they can't afford to build a nice school or, or dig a well or, or even feed the kids while they're at school. They have been, it's very, it's, uh, let me make it clear, the kids from Kayaba are from, for, from IDP who are a bit lucky that they had some relatives mm -hmm. who gave them a place to stay. I'm talking now the people from Donetsk, where these people who had nowhere to go. So their school is similar to the one at Kayaba, and mm -hmm. we also visited that school. Yes. So we visited two schools, one for the IDP who did not have a place to go, and the IDP who had been given a place to go by some relatives. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like these people are surviving mm. only by the grace of God. That's correct. They are surviving by the grace of God. And that reminds me about the children of Israel who actually face the same situation. Remember, these people are, are like slaves now because they are renting their land and someone else is coming and harvesting where they did not plant. Right, so okay. they were almost like slaves as the children of Israel became in Egypt. Yes, and you know they are trapped. They feel like they are trapped. They have nowhere to go. But you see, God is, can, can, can create a way where there's no way. And that's why we went there to preach to them, to tell them about God. If mm -hmm. they believe in God, they are going to know that God can create a way for them where there's no way because he did that to the children of Israel. Do you know the story of the children of Israel? What happened when they were slavery in Egypt? They cried unto God, right? okay? And uh, God had their cry. And what happened is that uh, through a series of miracles, God, the father of Egypt, the father who was very harsh, was able to let the children of Israel go. In, in, through the Exodus. Through the Exodus. In fact, in the Exodus, um, which we are going to read very quickly, uh, but before we get there, well, I'll, let, I'll let, let, let you know that when the Pharaoh uh, let the children of Israel to go, he changed his mind. 
Oh, when yes. they're on the oneness, on their journey to the promised land. They were on the way, and he said, wait a minute, go get those people. Yeah, because he realized, these are our slaves. How can we let our slaves go? They have been working for us. They have been growing crops for us. They have been building houses for us. They have been, we have been living comfortably because of them. How can we just let them go? And he summoned his soldiers, the chariot, and said, go after them. They are not going nowhere. All but right. by this time... The children of Israel had gone, uh, and they, they had gone far, and now they were facing the Red Sea. The Red Sea was in front of them, and when they looked back, they saw the Pharaoh's army. Can you read mm -hmm. that exciting story? Well, yeah, it reminds me of the movie Ten Commandments. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, this is what it actually says in the Bible Amen. about this. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back, with strong east wind, and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. Yes, this story is written for, for, for a benefit. When you are squeezed so much so that you find there is no way, just turn to the Lord and remember what he did to the Israelites and he can do it to you. This actually happened. Uh, the Lord created a way for the Israelites so that mm -hmm. what was the sea, they walked on dry ground to the other side. And then uh, the, when the Pharaoh's army followed them, you see what happened. So the Lord, the Lord can fight for you when you are going through a, some problems. And that's what the people of Donetsk should know, of the, what happened. But the most important thing is when God does that, you are not supposed to forget. Mm -hmm. The children of Israel were not supposed to forget how dramatically they were rescued by the Lord, first of all from slavery in Egypt, and then across the Red Sea. They were supposed to tell their children what happened. But lo and behold, the children of Israel forgot. <laughs> when they got to the other side, when they were in the wilderness, they forgot them. And this was because of something you always know about, hunger. They started experiencing hunger. And when they started experiencing hunger, they started complaining to Moses. They started asking Moses, why did you bring us into this place? You should have left us in Egypt where we had food to eat. They started wishing themselves, as, uh, uh, wishing they were in Egypt, in slavery. But God, uh, in his grace, decided 
to supply them with food because God is God. He actually rained manna from heaven. Right, and it says in Psalm 78, beginning with verse 22 here, For they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of the heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Men ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. Yes, God is God. He actually opened the sky. And food came from the sky and fell down. And all they had to do was to collect the food. They collected enough during the week. But during the Sabbath, uh, they, they, they did not collect because there were, there were not any. They were supposed yeah. to collect uh, enough for the six days, and the seven days they were not. And the sixth day they were given enough for two days, ex- Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and, and this uh, connects with, with Jesus. Oh, of course. Talking about the bread of life. Of course. You know, when he talks about manna, he is actually talking about himself. He knew he was going to come into this world. And we are going to read some scriptures to, to show us what manna represents. Uh, because we are also in a journey. We are journeying to, the, to heaven. Actually, we are, heaven is our promised land. And Jesus Christ has come. He, has, he came so that he can become a blood for us. For those who believe in, in, in him. So, can you read uh, so that to illustrate that? Yes, in, in John chapter 6, here, beginning verse 47, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. He shall come to me, shall never hunger, and he shall, that believes in me shall never thirst. And we need to do, what we need to do is to come to him. And when we come to him, uh, to feed on him, because he is the bread of life, he will satisfy our heart, when we hunger and thirsty after him. Amen. And that is the message we're trying to get across to our, not only our listeners, but to the poor people in, in Kenya and the kids at Kayaba School. Yes, we want to come there and help and give you water and, and food and, and help you survive physically, but we're also doing this to preach the gospel to them so that they can get to know God and understand who Jesus Christ is, and that that if they rely on him and believe in him, that they can not only survive the the dire situation that they find themselves in now, but they can also live forever. Exactly. And they can go ahead and work for him by spreading the message. He can use them like the children of Israel, the way he uses their story, their struggle for our own benefits, for the disciples. Because when we read in the Old Testament, we find very good stories. But when you read deep into it, it's actually talking about Jesus Christ. It's for our benefits. 
So those children of Kayaba and the people of Kayaba, when they see, when they hear the gospel, and God comes and rescues them and dramatically rescues them like he rescues the children of Israel, they can go out and tell their story, and many people will come to know Jesus Christ, and they will be saved, and we will all live together in heaven for eternity. Amen. So that's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. On Fire Agape Ministries, once again, my name is Reverend Brian Betsworth. This is Reverend Dr. Samuel Dungu. And we would like you again to please check our webpage at onfireagapeministries.org. You can email us at onfireagape at minister.com. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash onfireagape. Look look at our new YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash onfireagape. And believe in Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. All you have to say after me, I believe in Jesus Christ. He is my personal Savior. He died for me. In Jesus' name, if you believe in those words, you'll be saved. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Thank <laughs> you.